This is George Mann, author of Myths and Fables and Dark Legends, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Force is strong, A Eugenie Podcast Network production. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Episode 139, How the Force Can Fix the World. I feel the Force. On this episode, finding the perfect gift for the Star Wars fan in your life just got easier. Force is with me, and I am with the Force. Ahsoka series casting news. I need to know more. And the Utini crew talks with Dr. Stephen Kent, author of the new book, How the Force Can Fix the World. Be mindful of the living force, young Padawan. And now, here are your hosts. May the force be with you. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Living Force, the Utini Network podcast, all about Star Wars books. I don't say that every time. But I do say that I'm your host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk about all about this broken world and how to fix it is a bunch of, uh, bunch of great people. Uh, starting off with the man who, yes, made another brand new company in the last two weeks, Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man. That is, uh, that is correct. I really thought you were going to say losers right there, but that's okay, Eric. <laughs> it's been... Uh, I forced this it been, back into my mouth. <laughs> I know. So this, this past week, I completed like a bunch of huge projects that I've been like trying to complete for like a really, really long time. So it fe- I feel like ultra productive this week, it, even though it's just a timetable thing where they've all just sort of fallen on this, <laughs> they all this ended past now. week. They all ended in the last <laughs> week, so... But I feel like I've done a lot of stuff. I finished my trailer yesterday, it's which was crazy. Beautiful. It's beautiful it and it's done. It's done. Uh, yep, yep, it's done. It looks really good. Caitlin and I went to uh, went. To, I wanted to hook it up and test drive it because I haven't hooked up with the new hitch that I got. And uh, we're like, we got in the car. We had the dogs with us, and Caitlin and I were just like, let's go get something to eat. So we we drove it. We went to Zaxby's and got some food. Yeah. Uh, and then we <laughs> we went and parked in the Target parking lot with the trailer across the street from Zaxby's. And then we got out of the car and into the trailer and like sat at the t- at the little dinette and ate <laughs> ate dinner in the parking lot. And uh, I I shit you not, this actually happened when we were getting back into the car. This other guy, there was this huge truck and this giant like thirty five foot camper like pulls into the parking parking lot and he gets out to go into Zaxby's and he's like hey, are y'all staying in the parking lot tonight too and I was just like hell yeah <laughs> the camper people have accepted me I feel like I'm one with the force right now so that's right well hey Corey you did share uh one very important piece of advice in our slack channel so why don't you share with the people what's the one piece of advice you would give to someone that wants to start building a trailer uh don't do this it was a mistake that's right <laughs> <laughs> Dude, on Friday night, Friday night or Saturday night, I was really trying to get a bunch of stuff done on it. I just little loose ends that I needed to tie up, like finishing work. They're really awful parts of like the project, like the finishing details that you just don't want to do. And I came, I didn't accomplish a single damn thing all day. Like I did, and I had, I went to the store twice and didn't get the right stuff and came back and it still didn't work. And I came upstairs and I was like, Caitlin, we shouldn't have done this. This was a mistake. I wish we had never done it. And she was like, are you okay? Here, have a beer or something. <laughs> it was uh, it was not good. Don't build your own trailer, folks. But, <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you back to uh, get back to the important things like playing Halo and reading Thrawn. Uh, yep. Or you can be like our next guest to play a hell of a lot of NBA 2K, Dr. Charles Hankel. Yeah, thanks for that warning, Corey, to not build my own trailer, because that, that was definitely on my list right after you take a nap and start a puzzle. But um, 
I'm glad you had a great oh, week. Man. I did too. Yeah, is that a new tree up? Did you put your tree up behind it's, you? Is that this week? It's it's a new is that a tree. Real don't tree? judge it's me. A real tree. It's a real it's a real tree, what? man. I don't mess around with no fake tree. Um, <laughs> oh well, well, I I mess around with fake tree. I won't take I the elitist well, nonsense. Mess around with whatever you want, Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a real tree. Uh, my my apartment smells of fresh pine, and I love it. Mm. Wow, I love the smell of fresh pine. Uh, that sense of just belonging and love is exactly the feeling that I get when I look into the glorious eyes of Wes Jenkins. <laughs> look at that. Look at Hello, that. everyone. I have the power tonight. Um, I am excited, though, because I was supposed to get a delivery tomorrow um, of something that y'all have read weeks ago, but I finally got in graphic novel form the War of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, oh hey! hey! I, got I was expecting the, the big version. <laughs> yeah, that's all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fantastic so i finally got get to read it uh, i'll probably finish it next week or actually this week because i have the whole week off yet i worked all day today um but excited to talk about <laughs> a new book that we uh the, we we read into so let's do it. that's right that's awesome. what a great segment because we are here in fact to talk <laughs> not about any of our shenanigans but about the new release how the force can fix the world by this man <laughs> author <laughs> podcast enthusiast and Former guest Stephen Kent, welcome back, dude. I am Doctor Stephen Kent, uh, the God. third, the third doctor on the network. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You're back. You wrote a book. Hey, yeah, it's true. I think, I think, like, I, I came on the channel a year ago, and I was like, if this book is, is I remember that becomes a right. real thing, and now it's on my shelf, and I don't know what to do with my life. Uh, <laughs> well, you go on podcasts and talk about it. I think that's that's the that's the next step. Lots of podcasts, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm having I'm having such a great time. It's been so inspiring hearing that so many people are excited about how you can apply Star Wars, like chicken noodle soup for your soul, uh, to being a better person and uh, engaging with your neighbors in a more constructive way. So it's been fun. I love it. Chicken noodle soup for the Star Wars. That's where we're going, folks. Uh, again, this is what we're going to talk about later in the show. How the Force Can Fix the World, available now wherever you buy your books, uh, if they're in stock, because they've been selling out of stock in certain places. So be sure to pick this up uh, or keep listening, because we're going to talk about it a little bit. One last disclaimer, two last disclaimers. I'm already lying to you. I'm sorry. Uh, number one, if you're watching along, uh, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. It helps us uh, reach out to other people, leave a comment throughout, do all that kind of stuff. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, hello. Thank you for listening every single week. If you haven't reviewed us on your place of listening and or followed us, depending if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that. Uh, helps people find us, and we'd love to hear what you think about what we're doing. Second disclaimer, if you're watching the video, you'll notice there is an odd yellow blanket to my right. Usually, I clean that all up before the show, but my cat, Lucy, is asleep on it, and I am not a monster. So, I didn't move it, so that's just going to be there. She is sleeping soundly. She may wake up and have some opinions later, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right, please, Corey. Uh, please, please don't look at the shit in the background in my shot. But you know, I want to no, know what your no, I want to know no. what your cat thinks of the of the Last Jedi. Uh, why are we not getting the cat's the cat's Last Jedi take? That's what we. Oh, she thinks it's perfect. Is what she thinks. <laughs> Damn uh, it! Next. You set him wow. up too, too easy, Steven. Alley you, baby. Um. So before we get into uh Steven's amazing book and some announcements, Corey, we did tease this earlier, but you and a few members of our staff have been actually very, very, very hard at work this last week on a huge Utini project. Uh, we talked about it a bit last week, but since that time, 
It is ready. It is utini.gifts, G-I-F-T-S, like presents. Utini.gifts is now a full site. Tell us about it. Look at this. We're sharing it on the screen right now. Yeah, utini.gifts is live. I think it's .gift, actually. I think there's. I think it's not plural, is it? No, it is, it is not gifts. It wow, is I didn't even gift. know. Plural. I built the website. I didn't even know what it is. It is plural, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's all a blur. It's GIFs, maybe GIFs. Utini.gifts, <laughs> <laughs> we teased this last week. And uh, between, you know, being a doctor and building a trailer and all my other various <laughs> ways I uh, measure my own success, I was able to put together this incredible, <laughs> kind of a little website, uh, kind of to simplify shopping for Star Wars fans in your life. Uh, me and a couple, a bunch of people on the team actually we all went shopping hardcore and uh, found some of the best Star Wars products on the internet and uh, made like these cool little curated gift guides. So, you know, you can uh, send this to your loved ones and tell them what to buy you because there's a lot of junk out there. Um, you know, if you search for Star Wars stuff on Amazon, there's just tons and tons of junk that's not very good. And even like even like the apparel um, is like like not very good. So we yes. put a whole bunch of hours into sorting through like stuff that we know that um star wars fans would like and um you can check it out and also a cool way for us to generate some extra income around the holidays and pay for bills and all that fun stuff but yeah uh this came together really fast uh i called it the two-week business when i pitched it to everybody <laughs> and everyone 100 thought i was absolutely insane yet here we are yeah and <laughs> look at this yeah, side so table <laughs> I know. I, I might know. buy it's it. It's so cool. And every, listen, I'm telling you, there is so much cool stuff on the site. And Etsy, man, Etsy is an absolute gold yeah. mine. Uh, I found so much cool stuff on Etsy. And that's a cool thing. So for our audio listeners, too, uh, if you're a fan of Utini's, like, book guides that, like, say, if you like Tarkin, read these books. If you like Sith, read these books. That is how this site is run. Because, again, at Utini, we want to make things easier for you as a consumer. So we have categories. If you want to buy Star Wars stuff, for your office or or for other it's it's the holidays right so for someone else's baby or for someone else's apparel for someone else's bookshelf for someone else that's a gamer we have categories for you we have links for you directly and like Corey said it's not just you like big business stuff we have a lot of etsy stores we have a lot of independent crafters that we're linking you to so you don't have to go through the other sites on the internet that are definitely trying their best to put together, oh, I don't know, top 10 Star Wars gifts for your mom yeah. or whatever. It's so bad. It's so bad. You go it's to, you, if you search for like Star Wars gifts, because I did this, I wanted to see like what categories other people have and stuff. It's like really bad. It's like Forbes magazine has a yeah. best Star a Wars one. gifts. And it's just like really dumb shit. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I, that's what someone is going to get me because they know I like Star Wars. I'm just like, Yep. I appreciate you trying. I, I really do. So go ahead, utini.gifts. And better yet, you know what? Send the people in your life to it to buy things for you. Because be like, hey, guys, you might be buying me Star Wars things for the holidays. Here's maybe one that you should go check out. So uh, congrats to everyone on our team for their amazing work on that. Uh, and that will that is a website we own now. So you can use it for the holidays, but also birthdays, anniversaries. It's going to stay up. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to keep maintaining it for sure. Yeah, so thanks to everyone for helping us out. I just shared uh, this on my mom's Facebook page. Like, mom, yes! mom. <laughs> I just dropped it on Facebook. I was like, I'm not saying that this is what I want for Christmas, but it is what I want for Christmas. 
Yeah, it's like, there somewhere. There is a, there's not a single thing on that website that I also don't want myself. Like, 100%. Yes. And I actually have a couple things on there. Like, that. there's a Millennium Falcon bottle opener, like, like in the kitchen section that, like, mm-hmm. I, like, sought out on the internet because I know I have it. I know it's really high quality, and I know I like it. So I'm like, other people need this. And it's only, like, 7 bucks. So check it out. We hope you enjoy it. But, of course, you can enjoy it more than we enjoy our wonderful Patreon community. And we just want to say a quick thank you to everybody at our Patreon um, for honestly bearing with us as we try to schedule all these Patreon reward events uh, as we come out to the holiday week now. Uh, because if you're listening to this in the future, this is in the pre-Thanksgiving week uh, if you're in the U.S. So a bunch of us got some family travel. Um, and I hope that everyone, if you weren't able to see your family last year especially, you have a great safe holiday uh, kind of reuniting uh, if that's possible, it's really cool this year that a lot of people, including myself, are able to do that. Uh, but after that, we will uh, be putting together our Rogue One commentary. Uh, honestly, uh, we built an entire new website for the holidays, and uh, Corey had to start throwing alliances. Or no, ha ha, no, throwing ascendancy. <laughs> <laughs> Lesser evil. <laughs> uh, some people Corey, like that are re- book. Are you reading alliances? Uh, that's not the one be. we're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, after the holiday, we will be putting that up on Patreon. So keep your eyes posted, your eyes peeled, your ears open. Stay posted. Are you I drunk, don't know. Eric? Keep your eyes. I'm posted. trying to. I'm running out of verbs. Uh, and also remember, we are still currently twenty dollars away from our Avengers of Sith commentary. So if we do hit that, we will get both of those out to you. I'll say by the time that the Christmas holiday and the year turns over. Um, we would love to, you guys to have some holiday viewings with your families and your friends, and we would love to be a part of that. All right. A little bit of news this week that, fellas, I want all y'all opinions on. Number one, we love a cover reveal here at Utini. We love seeing the new covers for the new books. It's one of the coolest parts about it. And we did get a cover reveal this week for Brotherhood by Mike Chen. Uh, so we want to throw it up on the screen here. This is the book by Mike <laughs> Chen, which is the book about Obi-Wan and Anakin post-Attack of the Clones. And this book is quite literally two photo like stills that have been artistically <laughs> rendered and put on a cover. And I gotta say, y'all, I'm excited for this book. It's not my favorite cover. Not my favorite. It's cover. Not my favorite cover. <laughs> Man, the internet is very is vicious. Yeah. Very vicious. Uh, I have to say. And uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of folks initial reaction seeing this cover was like this is a temp cover right everybody's like this is a temp cover right yeah and we actually looked up the artist and looked at some of the other stuff that they that they have done and stuff and and this is definitely like in the style of stuff that they've done mm-hmm. um and once you like put it in the context of the other artwork that the artist has done it kind of makes sense i mean it's like yeah. a it's like they have a lot of like retro sort of original stills from films mm-hmm. with like cool backdrops sort of like like retro 70-ish vibes, like kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing going on in the background and stuff. And this kind of fits in with that, which is probably why they invited her to uh uh to 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 do the artwork. But it's a little weird, not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean it's it's obviously like stills from Attack of the Clones that have been slightly photoshopped. Yeah. It looks oh, yeah, the like Obi Wan found them within five minutes. They found the exact yes. <laughs> the exact <laughs> shots. <laughs> yes. It looks like Obi Wan is holding Anakin's lightsaber. His yep. head his his hand looks a little weird. Anakin, Anakin still has a flesh hand instead of his yeah, robot hand. Yeah, it's strange. I don't I don't yep. Angelina in the chat makes a great point. Major legends vibes for when, yeah, when yeah. they used to just oh, put yeah. the actors yeah. on the covers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
It reminds me of a uh, of an old of Dark Horse uh, comics covers of the, sure, the Clone Wars. Yeah. The Clone yeah, Wars yeah. had a bunch of uh, pictures much like this. Yeah, I don't I don't mind this. I really I mean, yes, Obi Wan's on it's it. It's grown on me why. now. Yep. Um, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. Is this one I'm gonna have facing like forward on my bookshelf? <laughs> no. Is that because Obi Wan has the hands of Andre the Giant in this photo? No. <laughs> That just happens to be something that that's going on. Um, yeah. But I, I really don't yeah. mind. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see. Honestly, it'll be a fine cover. I think the book I'm really excited for still. Mike Chen showed in his, uh, from a certain point of view, story with Palpatine that he's an extraordinary writer. Uh, this story seems really awesome. And you know, we got a lot of variant covers <clears throat> in the past. So who's to say how many covers we'll get for this one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks, I mean, I saw, I think somebody said on Twitter or something that they're leaning hard into like the sort of meme culture surrounding the prequels. Mm -hmm. I like, I like that. I like that. I think it's fun. And that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Like this is, this is prequel memes, like personified into actual yes, book art it's exactly the ironic it it's the ironic love of the movie yes yeah. i know and and attack <laughs> yep. of the clones we just did our round table for patreon so if you're not a patron you want to hear us talk shit about the movie for two hours then go join our patreon community but also we the love of that movie yes, also the love of the movie it. i was getting to that i was getting to that this book has <laughs> please i hope the writer i hope Mac, i hope mike chin puts a whole bunch of really cringy anakin lines in it because he has to he absolutely no. has to please i want more we'll cringy see. Anakin in my life, please. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, regardless, it comes out next year. Get your pre-orders in because there's supply chain issues. Pre-order books. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I go. That's hitting home a little bit. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it really is, though. <laughs> All right. Pre-order your books, and if you read digitally, bully for you. Uh, also, a shout out to our friend Cheryl up in Canada, whose Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil was delayed because there was a literal like landslide that stopped it. So even if the supply <laughs> chain does work, sometimes the world is literally stopping books from getting to you. So uh, hope that gets better. But one thing you don't have to pre-order is digital entertainment, including the upcoming Ahsoka show, which got an announcement of a new lead. That's right, y'all. It's confirmed. Sabine is coming to Ahsoka. Yes. Natasha Lou Bordizo has been cast as, quote, a lead opposite Rosario Dawson. This is not a cameo. A lead? This is a co, at least, maybe not a co-lead, but I would assume at least the level of, like, you know, uh, a car and a grief carga. Like, this is a recurring character. Um... What did you all think about it? Steven, I want to ask you first, because we talk about Rebels a good amount. Yeah. What is your history with Sabine, and were you stoked and or at all surprised about this news? Uh, well, my history with Sabine is I adore her, and she's one of my favorite characters in Rebels. Probably my favorite character, honestly, just because I love her art vibe. I think like mm -hmm. bringing, bringing the whole idea of a street artist into Star Wars was something that really, really excited me. And yeah, I, I this was my only thing on my wish list for like Rebel spinoffs. I don't particularly like love Ezra as a person. Kanan mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> bit the dust. And uh, yeah, I, so Sabine's right up there. This was what I thought would happen because yeah. of the way that they've sort of framed the end of Rebels with Ahsoka mm -hmm. and Sabine wandering off. And then Ahsoka looking for Thrawn in The Mandalorian. It all makes sense. You got to have Sabine. So this yeah. is really, mm -hmm. do we know anything about the actress? What is, what is her background? She has been in, uh, I believe, The Society was like her main calling card. I've not watched that myself. Um, 
She's been around for a while. There were a few actresses I know that were rumored and definitely confirmed by some sites. Uh, don't believe anything till it's, I'd say deadline at minimum, StarWars.com ideal. Because again, this still isn't on StarWars.com. This was confirmed by deadline in The Hollywood mm-hmm. Reporter, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know much about her personally. Um, I'm glad that, again, they, they cast a woman of color, as Sabine is. Uh, so again, Star Wars is being a lot more conscious of that lately so very excited for that very excited for two women of color to be leading this show yeah and she's in I, a, it looks like i i, I looked her up really quick on imdb she's it. in like a bunch of like a lot of asian films i'm getting lots of uh like kind of like ninja vibes like kind of like the 80s classic oh, samurai fun. movie vibe so if that's her background then action bring action it on. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. bring it on it's exciting. I mean, the armor yeah. is going to be brought to life, I assume, oh. for real. Like, some oh, version I mean, of the it armor. Like, I mean, yeah. the Darksaber. There's yeah, lots of cool stuff we could bring into this for sure. Oh, so. we're going to get to see that armor in real life. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. what I was saying, man. That, that, that's going to be yeah. wild. That's going to be a revolution on screen. Yeah. Your art sure. skills? Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing that this will probably be um, probably 2023. If I had to put any money on it, as far as because we know we got Obi Wan next year, we got Andor next year, and we got uh, Bad Batch season two as of this point next year, so I think mm-hmm. that's a little full. Uh, but this is very exciting, uh, very stoked for Sabine. So love for the Rebels crew again. Keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure StarWars.com once these announcements are made, they're usually not far behind with like a more general announcement. But we may have to get through all the Book of Boba Fett press first, which is just fine because remember, in about a month, we got a brand new Star Wars series coming to Disney Plus. So that's very exciting. Another thing that's very exciting, though, uh, we got a brand new crawl that got kind of subtly put on StarWars.com about the High Republic. Um, again, if you've been reading the High Republic books and the comics, in the front of them, there is a crawl, much like the uh, movies that we love, of course. And we got a new one that got dropped for the Fallen Star era, or uh, what is it? Phase, nope. Wave three. Someday I'll get it right, y'all. Someday I'll get it right. Um, And it says, The tragic events of the Republic Fair have galvanized the galaxy. The Jedi and the Republic have gone on the offensive to stop the marauding Nile. With these vicious raiders all but defeated, Jedi Master Avar Chris has set her sights on Lorna D, the supposed Eye of the Nile, and has undertaken a mission to capture her once and for all. But unbeknownst to the Jedi, the true leader of the Nile, the insidious Markeon Rowe, is about to launch an attack on the Jedi and the Republic on a scale not seen in centuries. If he succeeds, the Nile will be triumphant and the light of the Jedi will go dark. Only the brave Jedi Knights of Starlight Beacon stand in his way, but even they may not be enough against Rowe and the ancient enemy that's about to be unleashed. Is that the guy from the Clone Wars? That, that was. Right I decided there? like about two thirds of the way through to give that yeah, a okay, shot. All right, so. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, not bad. Recognizable at least. So there we go. Yeah. So uh, it's coming soon, y'all. A month and two, a week or, or so. It's like five, six get, weeks. I got to get caught up on comics still. Yeah. They're, they're very good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm uh, so me too. Far behind. Yes. I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard to catch up with High Republic, but. I think now is as good a time as any to jump in. And if you've not read any High Republic stuff so far, I think you could really get away with basically reading the adult novels and nothing else. Like, quite frankly. If you want to catch up for the last one, Light of the Jedi Rising Storm will get you there. And if you want the High Republic show, which just had a new episode, every show they do a recap of what happened in the books and comics lighting up. So if you really don't have time and you just want to get to the Fallen Star on January 4th, 
Watch the Higher Republic show recaps. They do like motion comics too. That'll get you the comics and the books. And pay attention to our site too. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. Yes. That sounds, yeah, that sounds there easy. You go. <laughs> pay attention to our site too. We're going to be releasing some recap stuff here in the next mm-hmm. coming coming weeks um, to try to get folks ready for Wave 2. It might be a little after that book releases, but you know we'll, we'll try to time okay. it well. But you know if you've, uh, if you've been behind this long, you can wait a little longer. So <laughs> It's going to be awesome. And as a reminder, you can get your pre-orders in. Go to utini.com, the new release schedule. Fallen Star comes out on January 4th. Midnight Horizon soon after. Uh, cannot wait. Oh, and I want to show you guys here uh, uh, that lovely uh, care package I got from Disney Lucasfilm last week. I did finally frame my High Republic lithograph. Oh, nice. So this hey. is on my desk now. With um, the autograph. And the giant one is in a gold frame. Gold, it's Target. Um, it's a goldish <laughs> frame that's in my uh, my dining room. 14 karat gold. <laughs> that's right, man. Only the best uh, because I went in for toilet paper and bought two frames. We are here to talk all about How the Force Can Fix the World, the new book by Stephen Kent. Uh, we have a very specific part of this book we would like to chat about tonight. But before we do, Stephen, I want to give you the floor just for a second to do the thing you have done a quadrillion times by now. Uh, give an intro or a brief synopsis, or honestly, whatever you want uh, to people that may not know what this book's about. Yeah, so this book is about how every time you get online or turn on the TV, it feels like everything around us is coming apart. And, you know, in a world in which we honestly share, I think, so little between different dividing lines in our society, whether it be geographical, political, class-based, race, like all these things that are sort of dividing people in modern life, there are a rare select set of things that actually do bring us together and give us something that we can talk about and discuss morality with. And for four generations, that has been Star Wars. It's the most popular story in the world uh, and gives us a shared language to discuss right and wrong, good and evil, light and dark, all these things and the complexities of the things in between. And I wanted to write a book that basically spoke to all of the chaos we see and why Star Wars brings me solace, helps me order that chaos, and helps me find in myself a sense of calm as well as hope. Um, If I tried to couch the book in, in one single critique, it is that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader because he could not live with the advice that his mother, Shmi Skywalker, gave him when he left Anakin, which was to not look back, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. could, he, yeah. he could not let go. And from that first moment where she said, don't look back, he did look back right after she told him, you cannot stop the change any more than you can stop the sun from setting. And if I had to encapsulate my political worldview, it is that I believe change is natural. Change is as natural as breathing, as life itself. Mm -hmm. And the forces in our world that I think are causing the most chaos and disruption are those who are afraid of change and will not allow change to happen without a fight. Right, um, right. And, uh, and so that's what this book is about, um, how Star Wars gives us like that answer for, for good and healthy living. Dang, great, great start, great open. I love ding, the ding, pitch. Ding. Yeah, ding. <laughs> um, and, and I want to also say something, I don't know, if people, people listen to our show um, know us pretty well, but now that I feel like they know you decently well, um, but this is obviously a book that mixes Star Wars with a lot of aspects of politics, uh, a lot of American politics, which are obviously people hear that and are already freaking out 
Um, but oh. I, I know that's it. That's exactly what they do. Um, but it's been interesting because I, people on our team, as well as people in the Star Wars community, and people online from all kinds of different areas of the political spectrum, seem to have gotten so much out of your book. Like I am very clearly when I was on your show recently, I I leaned very far to the left. Uh, I know people that lean very far to the right, and those that are even in the middle that have all gotten that element of kind of peace and comfort out of this book, um, which one, I just want to congratulate you on, because I haven't seen that happen. Thank you. Full stop. I've seen you. it happen. Um, but I guess before we get into some other questions that we all want to kind of throw at you, first thing is what has changed for you the most since you first told us about this book when you were on our show, when it was just an idea, how did the process of putting it down on paper, doing your own audiobook as you did, and now doing a book tour, how did that change it? Well, so I think I was afraid of the premise. I was afraid of the idea of writing a book called How the Force Can Fix the World. It was originally going to be How the Force Can Fix America. And it was going to be like a guy, your guide to political reconciliation from a galaxy far, far away. And I was afraid of putting my name on a book like that because in the post like Last Jedi world mm -hmm. and honestly, like just post Trump America, like all this stuff, it just was like everything as a disaster from Star Wars fandom to what you see on the news. And I, I felt like to write a book that said, you know, Star Wars, the ideas of Star Wars can can make this all better, mm -hmm. felt ridiculous to me. I, I, sure, I, I, felt, sure. I felt like a little silly, even like throwing the premise out there and talking about it. But as time went by and I was writing these ideas and getting the, my thoughts out on the messages about humility that I, I derived from episode one, the story of how fear changes every single character uh, that we see go through Star Wars, the, the stories of how free will and choice and agency drive the likes of Rey to, be, to become Rey Skywalker by the end of the sequel trilogy. I was like, you know what? This actually has a lot of merit and relevance to what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And we need ways to step back from charged political topics and talk about stories rather than politics. And if we can talk about stories and talk about what we see in those stories in a constructive way, then people can either choose to apply that to their political walk in life, or they can jettison it out into deep space at the first sight of a mean tweet. <laughs> like it's, <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> it's your, it's your choice. I, I, I take Star Wars seriously. When Qui-Gon Jinn says to Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, to keep your mind here and now in the moment where it belongs or in the present where it belongs, like I actually think Qui-Gon's a really smart guy and I take it seriously. And I try to apply that to my life. When Yoda says, you know, failure, the greatest teacher is like, I take that seriously. So yeah. what, what has changed me is that I drank the Kool-Aid that I made. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I got to the end of it and I was like, you know what? I believe in this, like this, yeah. this is correct. Um, so I think that that's kind of the part I was really afraid of writing this book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole book, like we should, we need to just like push it out as like the whole book reads kind of like the Utenian mantra with, with Star Wars. I mean, it really does. I mean, it's all about choosing peace and joy and like a correct 
direction in which to look at the world that you derive from star wars and it has a very yeah a, a very encouraging message i feel like like it's you a feel choice. like yes you feel yeah. like you feel like you feel encouraged after reading it like it doesn't yeah. feel political like it is hard to i i don't feel like i don't feel like political views seeped into the writing at all it doesn't feel like that it feels like a very objective way of looking at the world through the lens of star wars and i, I love that i came i came to conclusions in this book and and i think your audience you guys all know like what my political views are but i have conclusions in these chapters that do not align with my own viewpoints. And the reason for that is, is it is not how Stephen Kent can fix the world. It's how the force can fix the world. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I, I respect Star Wars and I value Star Wars insight as a challenge to some of the yeah. things that I personally yeah. believe. Yeah. And when I think about like how Star Wars makes me a better person, like my chapter on empathy, I don't agree necessarily with some of what I think Star Wars is saying about how we can live more empathetically and in more in balance. Now, not that I don't agree, but like it challenges my natural viewpoints. Right. Um, this is about taking Star Wars seriously and saying, look, if Star Wars says this, this, and this about empathy and how to relate to other people, here is how I would take that and apply it to my daily life, whether it be how I talk to a political opposite and how I treat somebody who I've never met before on Twitter, or how I, I relate and make eye contact with a homeless person on the side of the street. Like right. Star Wars is telling us things. And I believe very strongly in not manipulating the source material mm -hmm. and saying, you know, actually Star Wars is a story about how capitalism is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not what Star Wars is yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get very frustrated with like political Star Wars people who try to twist the material. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, they, and you see this to the left and the right. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the uh, most I want out of my star wars is when obama said all right i'm gonna go see star wars and that's it that was great that's all i needed <laughs> like you make uh, a, you make a lot of good references back to star wars to put it all into perspective it's it was the, that the one chapter we're going to talk about um it there was i mean you would go through some explanations about um <clears throat> about choice and then you would mm -hmm. come right back around and just relate that back to star wars and it it really brings you back into that moment of whatever scene or whatever action sequence uh, <laughs> appeared in star Wars. And it, it, it helps you understand a little bit better just through the eyes of, of the characters. Yeah. yeah I, I think I, I, when I managed to tie like in one section of it, like talking about uh, the criminal code when it comes to like homicide versus manslaughter versus yeah. murder yep, and like yep. how that all folds into the concept of, emotion in guiding our decision making you know there's yeah the jedi stoic view of emotion is to abstain from it to starve it and to basically set it aside the sith believe in fully living in it and you know like even in our criminal code and the way that we structure our laws emotion and whether or not you act in emotion and in sort of a fit of rage in a criminal act will like determine whether or not your sentence is lighter or heavier like there mm -hmm. are all these different ways in which you can connect star wars right to the real world even down to like whether or not you know we have advanced math classes 
in California and Virginia, mm -hmm. um, you know, based on children's natural talents. I, I ended up drawing like one of my, my big sections of the chapter on choice and self-determination on whether or not there should be advanced tracks in public education for kids with natural inclinations towards math and the sciences. Mm -hmm. um, and there's actually like a Star Wars lesson as to why we should in fact do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the, one of the great things, like I never knew I wanted to figure out how Anakin Skywalker would be tried as far as degrees of murder and manslaughter. But then I read it, I'm like, oh, you know what? <laughs> like, and it's yeah. such a, and, and one thing I wanna, I just wanna hit on real quick cause I wanna go into this chapter, but I don't think we've said yet how your book is split up. There are seven chapters, um, and they are each based around. Um, they have they have beautiful Star Warsy titles like "The Child Queen in a World Divided," "A Creature in a Mask." It's all great, um, and they and they all focus on a singular thing. So it's humility, empathy, fear, hope, redemption, balance, and what we're going to talk about tonight uh, is choice. And I I love that organization because those are if you had like you know the whiteboard that they use the higher republic what is star wars those are the words you put on the whiteboard of mm -hmm. how do you define the saga and mm -hmm. uh before we get into it i see charles wants to ask his first question we have here on the choices chapter what how did you i guess uh decide which words made the final cut as far as these chapters go or did they just jump out to you yeah that that's actually a really tough question i'm really bad at going like into the memory vault like that like i have a i have a google doc somewhere and I could pull it up and I could find like, there you what the go. Original, Good. I could find what the original things were going to be. But the the original manuscript of the book was going to be 11 chapters and there were going to be several more virtues. There was going to be one on family. So there was going to be a chapter on family. And at some point I wrote a bunch. I wrote a couple of chapters and I realized that they were kind of like cannibalizing one another. So like my family chapter was going to be about how in Star Wars, there's belief that you can have a chosen family and that you can choose mm -hmm. your own direction in life. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a powerful part of Star Wars is that family mm -hmm. is not only natural, but it's also the people you choose. And so that ended up gobbling up the choice chapter as well. So I was like, okay, well, actually we don't need a family chapter because sure, the, sure. the idea of it is all about agency and whether or not you can start with a blank slate, even though you come from the Palpatine family or something like that. Yeah. So there were a couple more, there was a foreign policy chapter and it was going to be, you know, about like war, but that ended up being part of the fear chapter you know yeah um yeah. So, be about taxation and trade routes and, and how do you deal with blockades and it was like i don't know if this is so <laughs> much about the current world but yeah <laughs> yeah i uh i tried i tried to zero in on just like the main primary concepts of star wars and then the book just kept getting smaller and smaller and honestly i liked that more because yeah it's a lovely size it's a I lovely to write size long book. chapters but not a lot of chapters mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, not every book has to be thrown ascendancy, lesser evil, mother oh. of God. This is, <laughs> this yeah. is lovely. In uh, in Stoic in Stoic philosophy, so this is the Greek Stoics going on into the Roman Empire. This was sort of the the philosophical underpinnings of those two great civilizations, and this also is basically what George Lucas's Jedi Order is based off of—a combination of Buddhism mm -hmm. and Stoicism. Um, the four main virtues of Stoicism are wisdom, courage justice and temperance and if you had to encapsulate all of the greek stoic tradition it's those four things and so i was like all right so star wars i gotta keep it simple it has to be just a couple of things mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. humility humility empathy hope uh 
fear is not a good virtue. Fear is the opposite of thing you're going for. So you're really going for courage, right? Which is one <coughs> right. of those stoic virtues. And then the choice thing. And like in the stoic tradition, temperance means abstention. It means discipline. It means, you know, not being a drunk, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and you're what I, hearing. right. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Sorry. Done. And I, I just was really fascinated by like how star Wars actually has a message like directly related to temperance. And that's the choice chapter, which, which we can talk a little bit about, you know, yeah. you make it, you make enough bad choices in your life. You develop enough vices you find your inability to choose things are, are much limited, much more limited yeah. for you. Um, you know, I likened, I likened uh, it a little bit to like smoking. Like if you choose to never smoke a cigarette in your life, you will never know what it feels like to be at your son's little league game and feel called out to go smoke outside the fence, right? Like you don't have to make that choice because it's not on your mind. Um, But if you, if you practice temperance and you practice the Jedi, you know, levels of discipline, you will have never consumed that thing in the first place. Therefore your free will will have been preserved. Um, So kind of those, that's kind of what I was drawing from with this book is what a star Wars main principles. And Mm -hmm. I ended up with seven. Yeah. And and within those, you explore some pretty big ideas too, right? Like within the choice chapter, kind of one of the primary things we're focusing on, you looked at fate, right? Like what is fate? How do we view fate in Star Wars with like the prophecy of the chosen one? And within that, is there any such thing as free will? And how do we use that to examine that in real life? You talked about fate. You talked about Mm -hmm. determinism. So can you boil that down for our audience? Because not all of us uh, are philosophy minors in college. Okay. Like myself, <laughs> I understood three words of what you just said a minute ago. Um, <laughs> boil that down for our audience and, and how Star Wars helps you to understand that. Uh, yeah. So fate and destiny are often talked about in the same way, sort of in, in you know, common parlance, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them and use them interchangeably, but they're very different. Uh, and so fate and destiny are both words dealing with a predetermined or destined future. Darth Vader is always, you know, saying to Luke, right? Like it is your destiny to join me, mm-hmm. help us fulfill your destiny. They don't use the word fate. Fate is concrete and determined by the cosmos. So in many ways, when Luke, or I'm sorry, Anakin went to Mortis, right, with Obi-Wan, and he saw those visions of him becoming Darth Vader, he saw his future. He started to be plagued by the idea that he was, he was doomed to this, that this was going to be his future, no matter what he did. So fate is determined by the gods. It's determined by the universe. Destiny is determined by choices in life. Your destiny is this thing in the, in the future, down the road, and there are multiple paths that can get you to destiny. Some of those paths are going to be longer. Some of them are going to be shorter. And you might, like Anakin, go off through the woods. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he spent 20 years in the woods, in the wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. Away, away from grace and and goodwill and all the wonderful things in life. And he did find his way still back to his destiny at the end of the road. He was wrong. He thought that he had a fate that he was doomed to, but he did have a destiny. He just had to find his way out of the woods and back Mm -hmm. onto those main roads. So I hope that that kind of like helps clear it up a little bit. Fate is something that you just cannot escape. 
and it's really like nihilistic and sort of cynical. I I really like this this chapter in particular on on choices. You have a lot of really really cool sort of analogies you draw. I really like the bit between like the Sith and the Jedi code was really interesting. And, uh, you know, Eric didn't really talk about this much when he was kind of going through your chapters, but you have this really cool like artwork and stuff too at the beginning oh, of yeah. all, the, yeah, yeah. all the chapters. Like it, it feels really smooth. And I really appreciate there's a nice little summary at the end of every chapter as well. Uh, I did find that that helpful for the you know, tip the, sheet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But there is there is one piece in here that um that really spoke to me which i i thought that like one reason that this book this book is not just for intellectuals i want to be clear this book is also it 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 has really beautiful commentary on the films themselves and like mm-hmm. like we have talked endlessly about finding positivity and finding things that you like in star wars and like really reflecting on on the themes of of various films and something that we've talked about a lot on the show is the rise of skywalker and how a lot of folks initially didn't really like that film um and then a lot of folks have kind of come back around and uh, i really like this whole section on ray from nowhere that's that's in this chapter is Mm -hmm. is probably my favorite bit of this whole chapter Mm -hmm. and i'd like to read this one little paragraph if that's okay with you oh please yeah so all right this paragraph uh a couple as a couple into this chapter um, in the Ray from Nowhere section, it says, Who am I? is a funny question. It's, it's this existential query wherein you wonder simultaneously about your past, present, and future at once. Where do I come from? Am I merely an offshoot of two parents whose genes got jumbled together? Where am I going? Whether you're religious or an atheist, we all come up with narratives to wrestle with this clash between thinking of ourselves as a randomized biological accident of the universe or something wonderfully and beautifully made for a singular purpose. I love this line (laughs) of thinking so much. And it's both like, it's both like this speaks to the depth of the question of Ray as a Skywalker in the film. So it both makes you reflect heavily about that design choice that storytelling choice they made in the film but also like the deep interpersonal storytelling that exists between star wars and like real life because i think you know george lucas figured that out that that's why star wars is such a powerful and rich story is like is because it's so human relatable and people can just get it right because it speaks to us in our core and this idea of like who am i like am i just a i'm a sum of the parts like with my psychotic parents and all that crazy <laughs> stuff or is there more to that right so mm-hmm. i love this whole section on ray from nowhere was really really good man thank you yeah and, and i want to ask on that because that, that part was amazing and as as a parent yourself and as as anyone who reads this book you can see you put a lot of your feelings as a father in this book as well and mm-hmm. uh, like kind of what you're um passing on to your own kids and i wanted to ask like how did you f- find that the question of lineage um kind of evolved in your head as you were writing too because obviously like you're saying there Corey ray from nowhere and ray skywalker is perhaps one of the the most contentious things in star wars sure. in the last 20 years um so but obviously you as a parent you there is some kind of love that you're passing on your blood lineage to your kid so how did you find the balance of you know the honor of passing on a lineage to a child mm-hmm. But also how great it is that Ray was able to choose her own. How do you think those balance in our world? Well, I gosh, I'm I'm just thinking about like people I know in my own life who 
choose to voluntarily give up their names versus people who don't. I mean, hmm. my, my wife, you know, my wife is a, a, a very kind of progressive person. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, while you were talking about that, I was thinking about her and how excited she was to take my name. Right. Mm-hmm. And like when we, when we got married, like it was not a discussion. Uh, so it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like, there are a lot of like, you know, very modern people who are like, you know, we're going to be married, but I'm going to keep, you know, my, my maiden mm-hmm. name. Sure. Um, but for her, it was, it was very easy. She very much wanted to take a new name because I think she just wanted to turn a darn page, you know, turn a chapter, start sure, a new life, sure. new family, like blank slate and leave behind certain elements of who she always kind of thought she was right. And the boundaries mm-hmm. that she thought mm-hmm. that she lived in, in her own family. Like we come from two very different walks of life, two very different families. And so I just was thinking about that as you were talking about it, you know, we all come up against certain limitations of how we view ourselves and where we can go um, and and all the different places that we're going to go. I had my, I had my sense of self completely shattered when I was 20 years old. Um, When I was 20 years old, my wife, you know, my girlfriend then, and I uh, got pregnant, she got pregnant. Um, I was in my sophomore year of college. Uh, I was training to be a, a filmmaker. I was going to film school. And I come from a upper middle class family, well-to-do family. She does not. And this situation that I found myself in did not feel like the situation that I was supposed to be in. Sure, <laughs> uh, sure. It, it did not feel... Um, to me. And this was, this was like sort of my spoiled 20 year old self thinking, I was like, this doesn't happen to me. Um, right. And it completely wrecked my sense of who I was at that moment. I had to put school on hold for a little bit to try to get all of that shit together and figure out what we were going to do. Um, and, and we did, but you know, I, we ended up, I ended up on, on, you know, government welfare for a couple of years, food stamps, uh, WIC mm-hmm. programs and living in an apartment, which I just never would have thought someone with my last name would be living in mm-hmm. because I became a dad at 20 years old and mm-hmm. I had, I had to work, uh, to, to try to make sure that everyone was going to be okay. So, you know, it's just like, it's those things. It's like that Kylo Ren attitude about like who he thinks he is, uh, and yep. he doesn't think that he's going to have certain problems because he's a solo uh, and an organa, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like there are these certain elements of ourselves that we think that we are owed. And when that part of ourselves is shattered, we have to rebuild a sense of who we are. Mm-hmm. So I, that's kind of like a side tangent, but like no. we all we all fall into places where we don't know who we are yep. anymore based on where we thought we were coming from. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and, you, and you have to make that, choice i mean that was a choice you made you know that was that was a, obviously a life-changing uh choice and i think that fits nicely into the book of like you know i i, I feel like a lot of us that are put into the choices whether it is to that level or it is lesser um sometimes you don't understand that you're in the middle of one of those choices when it's happening to you the people in star wars don't know they're in star wars yeah. right that's the, that's the fun in the thing road, right yeah. yeah you you don't know that you're making that choice and i think that's one of the really powerful things about this chapter is that we're watching it we know that the choice is happening but if someone were watching your star wars story would yeah. they be seeing you make a choice and what would that mean to them like and there's a there's really like cool. a class of people out there they're called determinists and so Sam Harris is like a philosopher, kind of like atheist, you know, firebrand podcaster. 
he's a determinist. He generally believes that free will is an illusion, that Mm -hmm. everything that we do is the result of one domino falling and hitting another. And that all of your choices that you think you're making are electronic or not electronic, but electric activity going on in our brain that we just cannot control. I am wired to love pizza and not be able to choose anything else when pizza is in front of me. That is what I I want. I have the conversation with patients literally every single week. (laughs) You know, whether and whether on like a serious note, whether it be addiction, whether it be sex, uh, whether it be like, you know, your vices, you know, your, your tendency to gamble that you are mm-hmm. wired a certain way. And this is going to happen to you. Maybe your parents yeah. gave it mm-hmm. to you. Maybe it's just in mm-hmm. your genes. And a determinist believes that like, we have an illusion of choice that we think we're, that we think we make choices, but we don't. And I actually was like convinced of this for like a, a hot <laughs> minute. I, I listened to one of his podcasts and I was like, holy shit what if this is true? Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh-huh. yeah. He, he said basically like, uh, you think you have free will. I want you to do an exercise and I'm not going to get this perfectly right. But he, he would say, pick a movie that you want to watch tonight. When you go home, pick a movie, any movie. All right. What, what movies <clears throat> came up? What are you going to pick? And he goes, all right. So what did you land on? Say you just happened to uh, say you ended up with taxi driver. Um, you know, the, the Robert De Niro movie. And he goes, why did Taxi Driver rise to the top of your mind? You've seen a million movies. You've seen hundreds of movies. Why did Taxi Driver pop up? Did you even think of Return of the Jedi? Did you even think that you might might wanted to watch uh, um, Ron In? Uh, no, they didn't pop up. So did you have the choice to choose between these movies? Certain, <laughs> certain, certain wow. things rise to the top of your mind. Perfect. And he's like, maybe a minute ago, as you were ro- driving down the road, you saw a person with a mohawk and it reminded you of Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. And so Taxi Driver popped into your head. And like, that's how our minds work. You go out to a restaurant and you have choices, but it's limited to a menu. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That is absolutely true. All the choices you make in life are really determined based on who you know. Have you been educated? What options do you think that you have? What, what can you even perceive? And that's like the determinist worldview that free yeah. will is like this illusion that we tell ourselves to make us feel like we have choices. And this, yeah. comes up in, this comes up in Star Wars all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ray yeah. chose to be a resistance fighter because Han Solo happened to be on Jakku and took the Millennium Falcon in. Like, if yeah. she hasn't run into Han Solo, she doesn't get to choose that path. Right. Yeah. You know, and also, like, Kylo Ren did not choose to be plagued by dark thoughts, right, right. as a, as a right. child. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I talk a little bit about this in the chapter because it's, it's an issue close to my heart is like the issue of like school shooters, mass shooters, stuff like that. Yeah, right. Like, and particularly ones that are deranged. It's like mm-hmm. with Kylo Ren and like some of these people who, who grow up to be like the Columbine shooters of the world, um, obviously they, they input certain things, you know, whether it be music, paraphernalia, drugs, you know, awful video games, mm-hmm. whatever, into their system. But did they choose to be plagued by dark thoughts? No, they didn't. There was a mass shooter in the 70s who I describe in the book who went on a killing spree after killing his mother. And then he went to a college with a sniper rifle and killed a bunch of people. And he left behind a suicide note saying, I don't recognize my own thoughts. Someone please help me. And Mm. he sure enough 
did develop, he had developed a tumor uh, months before a tumor had grown in his brain, suppressing the part of his brain that, you know, would, would give him cognitive control, <clears throat> emotional control. And his, his mind was out of whack and he did not recognize his own thoughts anymore. And I just kept thinking about like our dark side characters who are plagued by outside forces. Kylo Ren hearing voices in his head that he thinks are his uncle or his, his grandfather, Darth Vader, but it's Snoke messing with him. He didn't, this wasn't free will for him. He was manipulated. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it's, it's really sad. And I I think like we have a tendency to think that people are always atomized individuals making choices for themselves, but in many ways, choices are being made for them all the time, whether it be their medical conditions or it be that their father is, you know, a deadbeat and doesn't bring home any money for the family so they have to go work a job while they're in high school and they fail all of their classes like they aren't choosing to do bad in school they're having to do other things because someone else yeah. took away their ability to make choices um this is real life <laughs> yeah. um all of star wars is dominoes falling and the sins of the father impacting the sins of the sons you know, yeah. you know mothers daughters whatever it's cyclical yeah, so, and I think go go ahead, Wes. I was just gonna, no, I was gonna go ahead and Eric, because I was gonna try to, I was gonna switch to a different topic here. Oh quick. yeah, I, I was gonna do a quick quote <laughs> on that. Like as you're saying that, it, what what jumps into my head is one of the words that I think we hear most often nowadays, which is privilege. And I think that you kind of just distilled <laughs> what privilege is is just having more choices that aren't taken away from you. It's like whatever for whatever reason you don't have to. Your, your choices are all open and wh- whether it be your, your background, your economic situation, whatever that is, those choices get slowly and slowly taken away, taken away, taken away yes. so that your path becomes more narrow. And if you're on the big path, you, it's just the path you're on. You have no cognitive, like the people that don't recognize privilege is like, it's just my path. Like I don't, yeah. I have hardships on my path, but you aren't living the much narrower path because those choices absolutely. Have been stripped. And I, I wrote, I wrote a little bit about that in one of the sub chapters in, in choice, the force mm-hmm. privilege, <laughs> force privilege, and like who, who that's gets my favorite more, Kotor ability. Yeah. Who gets more power? <laughs> you, guys, you guys know the, you guys know the Kylo Ren comic, and yeah. I don't remember that. I don't have that in front of me for the character's name, but Stokes Kylo hat. Ren is is naturally gifted snoke's hat yeah snoke's <laughs> been naturally had. Gifted. and the girl at the jedi academy is intensely jealous of him and mm-hmm. she it's frustrating to her that he is mm-hmm. so easily able to levitate objects and she is not and luke has to talk to her a little bit about like look the force is a door. Some people start with their door more open than others, but absolutely every single person can blow that door open when they find out what is keeping it closed. And, you know, like an, hmm. Avatar, an Avatar, the last airbender, like, you go. know, Aang has to like, you know, ease up his chakras, right? To like learn yep. how to actually deal with fire. He had to remove a certain part of his chakra, which was absolute fear. Uh, and crippling fear of not being in control at all times. Um, and so it like plays out for different people in different ways, but I very much believe in the concept of privilege and I'm glad you brought it up because like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a kind of a conservatarian myself and I think it's um, just not true that like we all think about this the same way. Mm-hmm. What I, when I started thinking about this differently, I was talking about, you know, when, when I became a dad at 20, look, I, I ended up in a situation that I never thought I would be in and living the way below my means for, for my family. 
And I felt a lot of shame, but I also had resources and I had someone I could call for help. Um, okay. You know, we, we would struggle. There were weeks, there were months where we, you know, just could not pay bills and we would have to get extensions on stuff. But if things really came to a head, I did have a phone number I could call. And right. sometimes I called that phone number and right. I got help. Yeah. And, you know, that's what privilege is. It is how many choices you have available. <clears throat> I believe very much in like self-determination and picking yourself up and doing as much as you can, but sometimes you just can't do it. And mm-hmm. some people have the ability to say, mom, I need some help. Can you help me yeah, out yeah. with this? Yeah. Yeah. And some people, and some people don't. And I yeah. did. And that's something that forever changed the way that I think about like sociopolitical issues and like the safety net, right? The safety net is the family. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And yeah. when you and it's don't- It's certainly not when, always the case. Well, right. Yeah. Like it's, it's the ideal that it should be the family. The family yeah. should be the safety net. The family is not there for everybody the that's same right. as they are for me or for you. Yeah. Um, and when you don't have that, you got to have other alternatives that come from society. Um, and so that's just like an area where I, I learned to think differently based on personal experience. And I, I put that into the book because I, I firmly believe that it is in star Wars as well, whether it be the story of Ray or Kylo Absolutely. Yeah. You're, I mean, just listening to y'all talk about this. Um, so there are certain situations where other people have, different choices and a different number of choices to make, but all that that I think is um, inherent on risk, right? So, I mean, you could try to make the same choices as somebody who's better off than you, but there is a lot more risk involved with that. So say they have, I mean, it's less risky to, I don't know, go out and get a job whether um, compared to gambling your rent away to try to double up for next month, right? I mean, there's risk involved there. Yeah, like um, but, don't quit your job and travel. Just like yeah. live. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. So <laughs> that that's kind of the, one of the things that I, that I was thinking about. When I was reading this was there's there's heavy risk involved if, um, but the choices make it that way. Um, so I mean, that was yeah. If if any of the chapters you want us to read, this was a really good one that we uh, yeah for that real. We decided to to. Yeah. Um, this is the last chapter in the book. Like you said it's that for a reason. Yeah, it, is, well, it's, it gave me a huge amount of appreciation for the Jedi code and way that they choose to live. You know, there are many ways in which the Jedi get this all wrong. And I think like they have a very unhealthy, they have a very unhealthy relationship to romantic love. I think, I think that needed to be reevaluated so that their members could live more fulfilling lives and also know how to deal with attraction and romance in a healthy way. But the choice to abstain from it is not without cause. They know that once you in allow for those inputs, once you allow for emotion to be part of your calculus when you're thinking, it limits your ability to be rational. Mm. You know, like if, if my yeah. daughter is in life-threatening danger, I cannot think rationally. I will, I right. will do wild things to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the Jedi thinking. It's like, if we're to be good arbiters of the galaxy, if we're to be rational, enlightened protectors of the people, we cannot be compromised like that. Yeah. Anakin was mm-hmm. compromised. Yeah. And that's when, why when Padme that falls out an attack of the clones, right? When she yeah. falls out and Anakin says, put the ship down. Anakin and Obi-Wan no, has to basically admit duty. that he knows what's going on. Do she would do her duty. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that in this specific issue, too. This is kind of the, the topic in which you compared and contrast the Jedi and the Sith code, too, which is, mm-hmm. I, I think I think everybody who's a Star Wars fan that knows about the Jedi and Sith code somewhere along the way has asked, am I a Sith or am I a Jedi? <laughs> like, I think everybody, everybody has asked that question because yeah. there is there is a message in each of these, in each of the code that, Mm-hmm. are not that different from each other in a lot of yeah. ways. Can, like, I, can wisdom... I read them? Yeah, Please absolutely. Do. So the Jedi Code goes as following. There is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is the force. The Sith Code goes as following. Peace is a lie, there is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall set me free. What these both are about is what gives you freedom. What what puts you on a higher plane? And the Jedi code is about living with less and having less and being able to connect with the force. It's like the anti-materialist worldview. It's the idea that when you don't have belongings and things, you can actually hear what's going on in the world. You can like listen to the sound of nature because you don't have, you know, thoughts buzzing around in your head about what's going on with your bank account. How are my assets doing in, yeah. my, in my offshore yeah. account? You know, you can be in touch with the world. It's about, yeah. it's about freedom. And the, the Sith Code's about freedom too, but it's it's submission versus domin- domination. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. the sub-dom thing, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's two it's two versions. Am I a sub or am I, sure. am I a sub or a dom? <laughs> sure. No, it's the Star Jedi, Wars, baby. The Jedi is submitting oh, to the to yeah. the universe. Yeah. They're submitting to yeah. things yeah, that yeah, happen yeah. around them and going, I'm not gonna fight this. Yeah. The Sith says, I get freedom from dominating the forces that want to affect me. I'm gonna control the world. I'm going to control others and no one can hurt me anymore. And that's going to be freedom. And there are people who live both ways. You can think of a couple probably right now. Yeah. It's like, are you Elon Musk or are you living in a van? Like this, like it's literally the, I become so, because I mean, it's, it's wealth in the modern day, right? Like if you have enough money, you basically do what you want, regardless of political spectrum, regardless of whatever, like if you have enough wealth, you can live outside these bonds, right? These, Mm -hmm. the Sith equivalent is I'm going to be so rich that any laws, any whatever I can just overcome versus the Jedi is like, I will disconnect. I will live off the land. I will, you know, we see people on TikTok all the time, <laughs> at least I do, of like, I'm going to just go minimalist and I'm just going to listen. Algorithm, Eric. It, it's, mm-hmm. hey, my algorithm wants me to be at peace. What can I say? <laughs> I do too. Um, but like, it's like, that's the choice of like, I'm going to, you know, get what I need, but I'm going to listen and really listen to the world and disconnect. And then you see those people on the other, other end, there are the rich entrepreneurs that then revert back, that sell all their possessions and then go, to living in a you know mm-hmm. a studio doing nothing and it's so interesting to see you know those evolutions of people and i've never thought about relating them to jedi and sith but we see those stories too the sith that come back to the light and the and the jedi that you know i don't want to live in a van anymore i, I want to take that advertising job and then become a rich and powerful sith like mm-hmm. so yeah uh, I, I yeah go go ahead i, I was just gonna say so <clears throat> speaking of returning to the light and going being Jedi and or Sith. And that discussion we were just having, 
which characters other than Ray, and I have I have a couple examples, most effectively broke away from their destiny. Um, and we obviously have Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. That happened in um, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. But there was an instance where almost we lost somebody to being good or inherently good, and they could have taken a very different path for the rest of the movies in solo a star wars story when hans when hans or infant's nest was talking to han solo it's like hey come yes. with me come help and be and be a greater good for the galaxy and he's just like Mm-mm, i'm not gonna do that and so i mean there's got to be other examples of somebody who breaks away from their destiny um within star wars we um i mean darth vader is one of the most uh, is probably the biggest <laughs> example of all right yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think in like my own kind of spiritual life walk, you know, I often kind of talk about it as like being out in the wilderness. It's like when I, when I find I all of a sudden have like stopped going to church on Sunday and then all of a sudden it's been like six months and I'm like, what the heck happened? I just like, I've, I've just gotten out of my rhythm mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm disconnected and then I, I got to find my way back. And it's just sometimes hard to take that first step. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people cannot perceive that they have the ability to step back onto that path. Uh, it's in the empathy chapter. I, I talk a little bit about an interview I did with this guy, uh, Pastor Bishop Omar Jawar in Texas. He does gang mediations in, or did, he, he passed away last year, but he did gang mediations uh, to basically work with young men in violent gangs to help them get to the next day. So his nonprofit called Urban Specialists, it was structured around the idea that there were plenty of nonprofits out there to get men out of gangs and help them like get actual jobs, like working on the straight and narrow. So he was like, well, we don't need another nonprofit doing that. We need a nonprofit that is actually making the enterprise of gangs less violent so that these kids don't get killed tomorrow, you know, in a, in a shootout. And so his urban specialist in Dallas mediates gang disputes and actually like works with gang members to stop bullets from flying so that then more choices can be made yeah, <laughs> in, right. in the week's yeah. end. It's like kids can't leave gangs if they're dead. Uh, right. And so right. that was the point of his nonprofit. And yeah. we, I did an interview with him to talk about how Kylo Ren and Darth Vader, cause he was a star Wars fan. Um, they get trapped in that life because in Darth Vader's instance, he's made enough bad choices that there's nothing left for him. There is, there's nowhere to go. No one loves him anymore. He can't just walk to the rebel Alliance and be like, hi, I want to be good now and put on a white cape. They'll execute him. There is no choice for him other than his anger, his shame, and to be, to be Palpatine's servant and to one day kill him. That's kind of like what he ultimately wants. Uh, and then there's Kylo Ren, who desperately wants to rip this tumor of love that he has for his parents out of his body. And he wants to be Kylo Ren, but he can't unless he yeah. gets rid of Han and Leia who love him. As long as they exist, he will never be able to fully commit to this. So he kills his father, mm. tries to kill his mother. Uh, and then the TIE fighter pilots basically yeah. do it for him. My which gosh. I, I always that thought moment. that was funny. Yeah. I always thought that was <laughs> <That's> <laughs> deep. Fire yeah, away. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> but like, like the idea that we ended up talking about was like, as soon as these gang members, particularly ones who are behind bars for heinous crimes, 
see that there actually is another choice for them to make in their life, that they could have a life in which they are not gang members. Only then can he really talk to them uh, about next steps for what to do. But they just don't think there's, there's any way after they've killed a kid on the streets or after they've right. done something crazy to alienate them from their families. They think that this is all that there's left for them. And that takes away your power <clears throat> to choose is lack of hope. When you have yeah. no hope, you don't have like belief in tomorrow. Uh, and so I, I'm kind of of the belief, like with the determinism choice thing, and I think like the correct way to look at it is I cannot prove that we don't live in a simulation. I cannot right. prove, just like I can't prove there is a God, I cannot prove that we're not in a computer program right now. Yeah. And it is better for me to believe that I have free will than to embrace the computer program idea. Because if I embrace that this is a, a simulation, then nothing I do matters. Right. right. Uh, there, mm -hmm. Nothing matters 100%. if I if I believe that. Yeah. So it's like maybe determinism is the truth, but it's healthier for us to believe yeah. in choice anyways, which is like, that's the balanced truth of it. Hey, I well, really it, appreciate you being at the party and being that way and not being, this is a simulation. This party sucks and we're all going to suck and we all suck. Yeah. Because that, <laughs> that is a choice. I mean, we talk about, you know, mental health is such, is such a, a beautifully, uh, I guess, in, in the light topic nowadays. Like we really talk a lot about mental health and, mm -hmm. and in the public sphere. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a great part of it of like, yeah, so what if that's the choice? Your mental health is helped by not believing that nothing matters and we're just going to careen into the sun. That's yes. not the best healthy yeah. thing. So I, I love that idea. And as we kind of near our, our the end of our chat with you, we have a couple more, th we have just two more questions we want to talk to you about. And what I want to bring up is something that is was was really beautifully intimate that you wrote um, because it was something that your mom told you when you were young, um, when you when you or I guess younger, and you said you in the book you you mentioned a uh, a regrettable choice that you had made, and you went to your mom uh, as again some uh, we all hope we were able to do, and you said, "What should I do?" And she told you to make more choices, mm -hmm. and not to correct, not to go back. She said to make more going forward. And I, that was so powerful for me because it was frankly something I never thought about before. About <laughs> when you mess up, they double down and just <laughs> make more choices. So can you, yeah. in, in your own, these are all, uh, these are your own words. You wrote the book. But like in more <laughs> of your own words, like your own what words. does that philosophy kind of mean to you? And does, it, does that still steer how you go and what you teach your own daughter about? Yeah, it does. I would say that the the moral of that story and I think how it's applicable to people's lives is, you know, when you've made a mistake and, and for me, this was a financial error that I had approached my mom about. I I basically, I'll just like, I'll just share it like real quick. I'd never had a credit card before and boy, I f***ed up. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I never had, I never had a credit card and, uh, the bank told me it was a great way to build credit to have, why a, would they lie? Yeah. To have a, <laughs> a low, a low ceiling credit card with like a low credit limit. And they're like, you know, just put gas on it and then pay it off every month. But no one told me that when you have a low credit card limit and you're spending a hundred percent of the limit that hurts your score. <laughs> you know, like I never knew oh, that God. like credit cards were based on like what percentage of the max you were using. So my Wild. limit was 
$200. So I spent $200 a month and paid it off like a bill and it tanked my score. Anyway, <laughs> I was basically mortified because my credit score had been annihilated and I could not get a decent apartment for my family anymore because of this stupid choice that I had listened <clears throat> to BB&T about. Uh, and I just was terrified of how I was going to fix it. Like, do I go get another credit card? Do I up the limit? Do I take out money to fix this problem? What do I do? And when you start to feel like this, you would rather just get back in bed and cover yourself up with the covers and not leave. And I, I, I've done it. I've done this before because halfway through the book, I had a personally traumatizing experience, losing a friendship, and I lost all hope in this book's premise and all hope in like Star Wars as a way to bring people together. And I just, I just wasn't getting out of bed anymore. <laughs> and I, I called some friends and I, I talked it out and I just, I had to remind myself of exactly what mom told me in that moment, which is just simple. Like, again, like chicken noodle soup kind of mom advice is just like, you can't get out of a bad situation by doing nothing. You're either going to have to choose to go back on the road of which you are lost or to go forward and find the next fork in the road. And you might find then that you can get out of the woods. Um, so it's, it's just that, I mean, fear is paralyzing. Fear is yeah, paralyzing. It's very, po sure. it's powerful. I mean, there's a reason why fear is, I, I, I would say maybe other than force is probably the word that shows up the most in star Wars. Like it's the high dive. Right. When you're yeah. on top of a high dive yeah. and, and the, ki the kid won't move at the end of the oh, high dive. And it's yep. like, kid, either jump off or walk <laughs> yeah. back. But walking yeah. back is scary, too, because yeah. you're on a you're on Admitting a plank. It. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're also like, getting ridiculed by your friends. Yeah. Bullies. Jump, you big baby. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> My well, goodness. That's, yeah, that's how it is. Well, all right. Well, let's take that. Because I, I learned a lot about Wes's past there. I don't think you've met it, Wes, but I just learned about you as a child right there. Um, <laughs> Steven, as, as, we, as we do wrap up tonight, I want to ask you, you write about so much in this book. And again, everyone, as you're listening, I hope this is only an, an inkling of what is in this book. And I hope that conversations like this really make you want to pick it up because it is Inkling of incredible. its destructive power. Thank you, Corey. Look at that. It's destructive all Star Wars. Potential. <laughs> it's all canon also. Um. Stephen, I want to ask you, what is, if you had to boil it down to one for tonight, yeah. um, what's one misconception about the idea of choice that you hope people will have and then read this book and hopefully get corrected and then they can bring out into the world to make, to make it a little better? Hmm. Now, that's my, that might be too good of a question, and I'll probably just sit here humming for the next hour thinking about the number one misconception. I think, I think for me, it might be that question that we got earlier on about like fate versus destiny mm -hmm. and sort of thinking about the life in which we live and whether or not like we're on a conveyor belt and we're just going to be stuck on that conveyor belt going round and round and round, or if we are actually able to chart our own destinies in life and, and make choices that affect the way in which we live. Um, you know, there's a there's a political debate that goes on in this country. It's mostly economics. <laughs> it's, you know, whether or not you have really opportunity to succeed in this country and to yeah. make a name for yourself, to do well by yourself, to live with dignity in the country that we have today. 
Uh, I've, I've kind of always believed, you know, aesthetically in the American dream, Mm -hmm. you know, the pick yourself up by the bootstraps ideal because you have to at least like try. Um, But it is also not true that it is a level playing field. It is not true that everybody just starts in the same place and that a kid from the projects is just naturally going to have you know, the same opportunities in life as a kid who was, uh, you know, raised by a you know, son of a senator and goes to the Ivy Leagues. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just not true. However, if you embrace an ideology, which tells you that that kid in the slums cannot make it. And the only thing that you're out there beating the drum about is that they cannot make it and that life is not fair. More of those kids are not going to make it. You, yeah, you have to- it's, and I don't want to say noble lie because it makes it sound malicious, but like, sure, I, I believe there is a moral imperative to tell people against all the odds, you can do this, you must do this. And as soon as you start embracing the people who say that like, life's not fair and just all those people are going to get ahead of you because they got, you know, an easy way out or their dad had money. It, it doesn't make it easier for people when they believe that it, it makes it harder. It makes it yeah. a lot easier to spin your wheels in the mud and treat yourself as a victim. And I, I just, that is the misconception about choices. No, the playing level, uh, the level playing field does not exist, but you can get across the field. And we need more people who recognize that and are willing to lend a hand and help people up and then tell the people in the back, you can do this too. How can we help? Yep. It's a two-part system. You can tell people they can do it, but then you got to reach that hand down. And I think that's a, it's a beautiful way to live too. I think that, you know, everyone helping each other. What does Anakin say? The problem in the galaxy is that no one helps each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful, right. Bring it all back to Shmi. That's, that (laughs) is beautiful. And I'm so glad you said that, Eric, because I think it's, uh, I think it's like, I I mentioned like the pick yourself up by your bootstraps thing. It's like, why don't you get down and tie someone else's shoes for them? (laughs) You know, why don't you? Yeah. That's great. If we want to keep the metaphor. Yeah. Be be of service to people and and help them tie their damn shoes. So Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I love it. And you know what? On that, we have one more thing. I said I didn't, but we realize now you, sir, are now a Star Wars author. It is, you have a hardcover <laughs> book with Star Wars that you wrote. And because of that, every time we talk to a Star Wars author on this show, <laughs> we ask the same question. And now, sir, you are in that company. So going forward, you, obviously this book is all about a lot of tangible ideals. You put a lot of yourself into this. You put a lot of your family into this. Going forward, if people had to say, this is the legacy that Stephen Kent left on Star Wars or on this community, what do you hope that is? That Star Wars is in fact for everybody, that it is a universal story that helps you see the person in the mirror as being a dualistic person with a light and a dark side, and that you need to treat your neighbors as such as well. Recognize that everybody is dealing with the same struggles you are, the same shadows, the same angels, um, and that we're just all human and we're all trying our our best to be as good as we can every day. And a lot of times we fail. Um, So I think by and large, like that's the story that I hope that people take away from this is a little bit of self-reflection and a remembrance that Star Wars is always been about heroes looking in the mirror and seeing 
I could go bad if I'm not careful. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think we get way too caught up in like the self-righteousness cycle, uh, whether it be like in social media or whether it be in Star Wars. Star Wars is about heroes realizing that if they're not careful, they could, they could fall and be just like their enemies too. And that's what we all need to remember. Yeah, I love that. Remember your duality, look in your mirrors, um, tie someone else's bootstraps and we're always doing our best. <laughs> I love it, man. All right, I'm about to do an outro, but before I do, Stephen, you wrote this book, How the Force Can Fix the World. Where can people find it? Where can people find you? Um, and what do you got coming up? Yeah, so I can be found on Twitter at Stephen underscore Kent 89. That's Stephen with a PH underscore Kent 89. And you can also follow my newsletter for movie reviews and just political musings on Star Wars at politicizeme.substack.com. And my podcast is Beltway Banthas. I think we'll have a couple more months of episodes before the show possibly finales around around the new year. So maybe tune in. There's a lot of great stuff in the backlog. And uh, and check out Beltway Banthas, the home of Star Wars and politics podcasting uh, for all of you lovers of Star Wars politics out there. Um, Kind of in in the year ahead, I will... Be going out on tour like again for the book in in between February and May. I'm going to do Dallas, Phoenix, Denver, San Francisco, Austin, Miami, and like there are already a couple of other places on the books that are coming together for like some more tour dates. So if you think I should come to town, oh Chicago too, uh, and hey, do a star and do an, do an event uh, on how the force can fix the world, I'm, I'm going to Chicago as well. Um, so yeah, if you follow the newsletter, that's where I'll be posting about about dates. So that's politicizeme.substack.com. Perfect. And of course, folks, one last time. In the meantime, be sure to get your copy of How the Force Can Fix the World. And if you're so inclined, Stephen, you also recorded your very own audiobook uh, to go along with it for our Audible listeners. Thank um, you very much for doing that. Not everybody reads their own book sometimes. No. And I really appreciate it. Oh, thank that. you. Yeah. No, that's it was really good, man. Yeah. My, my audience at Beltway Banthas told me too. I, I okay, really nice, was, unsure. Nice. I was really unsure if I wanted to do that because they sent me like really amazing auditions by professionals. And I was like, holy crap, I want that guy to narrate my book. <laughs> uh, but my, my listeners told me that was a, a punk way to go. So uh, <laughs> I did. I did not in the cool way. Not in yeah. the cool punk way. In the yeah. Punk that's right. Well, that's <laughs> right. And of course, everyone, we have said this in forever, but if you want to get Steven's book, head over to utini.com slash audible, get your free audible trial and use your credit on Steven's book. Um, so all right. On that, Steven, as always, dude, what what an absolute pleasure having yeah, you on the show. Real. We'll Thank have you, you on again so soon. You don't have to write a whole nother book. You can. This is a great one. Um, but we'll have you on very, very soon. And, of course, you can find Steven everywhere there. Everybody. Oh, wow. But that's going to do it for this uh, very enlightening episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, we want to thank you for that. Um, you're great. We hope you enjoy all kinds of episodes like this. A special thank you goes out to Cheryl Bell. Okay, Endar. Jeremy Kazina, J.G. Kars, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Matt Billington, Tyra Latour, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at Z. Hankel. Wes is at Boss West. Steven is at Steven... Under- nope. Steven Kent underscore 89 or Steven underscore Kent 89. I messed it up. Uh, and we're at Living Force Pod. 
A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire. And Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, Wes, and Steven for podcasting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the fourth be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you. Always.